Welcome to the bonfire. Exploring magic with two modern witches. I'm Corey. And I'm Detta. Hello. Howdy. Hello, everybody. And hello to you. Hello to you. Hello. <laughs> I promised I wouldn't yawn a bunch. And what did I do first thing? I'm it's good really, for us. I'm, it's the my body needs oxygen, I yeah. guess. I'm really excited about what we're talking about today, I though. I am, too. I am, too. We are talking about love. Deities. What about, what about love deities? Just two of them. Deities pick of love. two of them. Because it's, it's tomorrow, as of recording this, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. So mm. this will come out a little after Valentine's Day. Oh, but yeah. I <laughs> think that, you know, it's still fun to learn about. And I didn't, I'm really excited about mine because I didn't realize, I thought I knew nothing about it. But I actually knew a lot about it. I just kind of had forgotten it in the way that like, you learn something when you're younger and then it just disappears from your brain and you're like, mm-hmm. I don't know anything about that. And then you look at it and you're like, I know everything. About yeah, <laughs> I I ended up uh, because I thought, oh, I should research it. And the moment I started researching, I was like, oh, yeah, same thing. It just all came flooding back. But I validated some things to make sure my memory was Of course, of course. There, yeah, I had so. to I had to check in on some things. Yeah, I have so much library stuff. Like <gasps> most of my stuff is library today. Mine too. Oh, my gosh. We're going to hang out in the library, you all. The yeah. smell of old books. The sun streaming in cushy chairs. Oh, a fire a little bit further away. So you can just enjoy. deceptively chilly out today. Because it's beautiful here in Seattle. Yeah, like it's gorgeous and the sun's Mm -hmm. out. But I went to take the trash cans to the curb and I was like, because it was just chilly. I'm really excited that we're talking about this and it's going to come out after valentine's day because love should be a year-round thing and not tied to a hallmark card or any of that kind of stuff and there's so many different kinds of love and valentine's day doesn't always incorporate them i'm excited about this one me too very much yeah me too yeah should we head should we head to the library i say let's do it yeah okay All right. So we each took a deity to talk about. Who are you talking about, Dada? Today, I am talking about Aphrodite. Woo! (laughs) My resources are my eighth grade language arts teacher. (laughs) Freshman year of college in my classic acting class, which was all Greek and no Shakespeare. And at the time, I was really bitter. But I found my Shakespeare, so my fix is all good. And my (laughs) Greek is great. Uh, Britannica.com to confirm some things. The Oxford Dictionary, the British Heritage Podcast on Aphrodite, where they have a guest star. Liv, who I already knew about because she is the podcast host of Let's Talk About Myths, baby. I think (laughs) it's just Let's Talk About Myths, but she does sing that song a lot. And I have listened to a ton of them and I went, oh my gosh, I should check out her Aphrodite. And she just, 
I really felt a longtime listener, first time resource, validation and confirmation of what I thought I knew about Aphrodite. And mm-hmm. then I did learn one new thing and I'm trying to remember what it was. And my book of shadows has some love stuff, but I'm going to do my content warning because since we're talking about Greek mythane, I like Aphrodite. I love Dionysus. I love Persephone. And, but I will be talking about some, quote, slut shaming <laughs> and some asshole gods who think having a disability is an undesirable trait. Oh, so, sure. Yeah. So Aphrodite. Are you Afro- talking? Sorry, I just got to yeah, ask. Okay. I want to I want to guess ahead. Are you mm-hmm. talking about Hephaestus? I am. Yeah. Yeah. They're mean to him. They're real mean to Hephaestus. I love Hephaestus. Thank you for saying. And I've got it. For some reason, his is the only name that I struggle with in this pantheon. So I write it out phonetically every time. If I look at the way that it's really spelled, I'm like, yeah, uh, no. It's almost like it's spelled really confusingly and kind of dumb. Yeah. I'm like, no, don't do not do that. But Aphrodite <laughs> is straightforward. Sure. And the etymology of her name is Afro, meaning foam, which is going to be important in a moment. And Dite is an obsolete. But the closest thing I could find is to set down in writing it. So I interpreted that as the gods set the foam into form, and that form was Aphrodite. And that happens to be the story that I prefer. So Aphrodite has two origin stories, birth stories, so to speak. And, uh, oh, first, she's part of the Greek or the Olympian pantheon. Oh, and this is the thing that I just either forgot or never knew. She's one of 12 because there are only 12 Olympians. However, depending on when you're talking, they switch out. So we like, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. certain gods or goddesses take that part. But if you're a Percy Jackson fan, you know all about the 12 main Olympians. Yeah. I need to, you know what? (laughs) That came up in my feed on whatever platform I was on. And I almost started watching it. It's a series now. Yeah. The books are wonderful. I'm on the second, I'm on the second to last book. Okay. Yeah. Should I read the books instead of watch They're really the... fun. Okay. I'm going to watch the show after, but they're really fun okay. books. I think I might read them then because I'm really fascinated by it. You'll um, blow through them. You'll blow through them. They're so fast. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So cool. Great suggestion. Yeah. yeah. She's one of the twelves and she is known as the goddess of love and war. Now, are we surprised about this? No, not really, because, you know, what causes wars? Helen was promised to Paris by Aphrodite because she owed him a favor. And she didn't ask Helen's permission, and Helen was already married. I guess Helen was fine with it. Anyway, started the epic war. Aphrodite's favorite guy in bed and out was Ares, not her husband. But he wasn't her only lover, and I would love to talk more about Ares and love and war and why she's considered, why some some people grab her as a war goddess out of the bonfire. But she's mostly known as love. So her first birth story, one is that she was born from the castrated balls of Uranus or Ronus. I Sometimes she, I don't hear the U pronounced. Or Oranos, depending. Or Oranos. Yeah. I, I kept hearing ranos when i was listening to stuff so i like the way that you just said it or 
Oranos? Oranos. It's spelled U-R-A-N-A-S. Again, not intuitive, but that's okay. Anyway, she was born from the castrated balls of this dude after they were cut off and thrown into the sea by his son, Cronus. And spontaneously, all of a sudden, the creation of foam. And she rose out of the sea, fully grown and naked and on a shell, which may sound familiar for those of you who are into Roman pantheons of Venus on the half shell. In a lot of people's minds, they're the same goddess, but that is one of her stories. And I like that one the best because the first part of her name is foam you're laughing (laughs) you just said venus on the half shell and my brain followed it up with turtle power because the ninja turtles theme song was heroes on a half shell turtle power no and i'm so tired and that is so funny to me i think we should only do podcast (laughs) recordings when you're tired from now on because that is hysterical so (laughs) turtle power yeah yeah and just remember that roman and greek the adoption that roman made of almost all of the greek pantheon it's only about 150 years apart and so they're and really similar. If you visit yeah. Santorini, I believe, you the will p- see the place where it is said that Aphrodite was born in the sea. Ooh. I think it's Santorini. It might be Crete. Is that right? I can't, I can't remember. I've been to both, and one of them, they said that. She supposedly was born around Cyprus. There's a couple uh, places Santor- that brag about yeah. it. Yeah. Aphrodite was gorgeous and desirable, and of course, all the men wanted her. And of course, since she was gorgeous and desirable, it was her fault, not the men. So Zeus decided that without her permission, again, which is why it pisses me off that she promised Helen to somebody without permission. Anyway, without her permission, she was married off, even though she was dating this dude named Ares, and they were sleeping together, and she slept with a lot of people, but he was the one that she loved, and the, and I guess that was pretty, pretty well known among the, the gods. And so to punish her for being so desirable and to stop a fury of fights between these men who just couldn't help themselves <laughs> Zeus married her off to Hephaestus I think he sounded like a cool dude he's a smither a blacksmith and really magical with the metals and he could make magic stuff and he could do anything but he had a club foot he was born with a club foot so his mom thought he was ugly even though she created him out of nothing in order to compete with Zeus and so they were just cruel to him not something to learn from the Greeks everybody uh, not not a good thing to take Ableism's in. not a good look. Nope, it sure isn't. And But since she was already hanging with Aries, it really pissed her off. And I want to make a note here that Aphrodite, who is the goddess of fertility as well, as a couple other things we'll get to, she had in between 14 and 20 kids is what they can surmise. Whoever was record keeping must have lost count of them, but none of them with were with her husband not one they were all with other men there's so many stories about her marriage that you can go and read and and listening with her husband trying to shame her by trapping her and Aries in bed together with this great metal and I would say who could blame him except in the original myth of 
why Zeus let him marry her is because he created the chains that trapped her and made it so that she couldn't leave and all these men came to try to break the metal so that they could be with her and of course he was the only one who could do it because he's the one who made it and kind of cheated in my opinion so there you go but Zeus knew that and he set it up so it was all rigged from the beginning anyway I want to move on to things (laughs) about the energy that if you choose to work with Aphrodite in your witchcraft practice and I will I would love to just tell you the things we're going to talk about, but then talk about it out at the bonfire so we can get to our other, our other deity. But sexuality and pleasure, fertility, love. I'll talk about her symbols and what you might want to offer her when we get out to the bonfire. Death, because yeah, I will tell you this. <laughs> Because she she is supposedly the one that makes Hades fall in love with Persephone and then provides the fruit to trap her because one of her symbols is the pomegranate, water, and we'll talk about offerings and working with her when we get out to the bonfire. Amazing. Okay. So there you, there go. you go. There's our first deity down, Aphrodite. Corey, yeah. who are you talking about today? I'm talking about somebody actually who is closely related to Aphrodite. I'm talking about Cupid. I'm talking about Cupid, and I'm also talking about Cupid's, like, plural. So the etymology of Cupid is Cupido, from the Latin Cupio, or Cupere, which means to desire. Now, I don't, my Latin's not great, but it's a dead language, and no one really knows how it sounded, so get off my back about it. That's true. Yeah. Cupid is a Roman god. So we're going to be talking about some analogs. Cupid is a Roman god of desire, lust, love, romance, and attraction and affection. In some myths, he is the child of Venus and Mars, Mm -hmm. or Aphrodite and Ares, and his Greek Mm -hmm. parallel is Eros, E-R-O-S. So some myths, there's a set of three of him, each representing different aspects of love they each have different parentage in that in that situation there are a lot of myths about cupid and there are a lot of there's a lot of muddy waters the later you get because the christians were like we like this little guy we're gonna turn him into a fat little baby with wings that represents earthly love but we're gonna get there in a second (laughs) So, most... Go ahead. The moment you said Cupid, and I knew who you were talking about, and this didn't happen before when we were talking about doing the episode, but I cannot now get Cupid, roll back your bow. Do you know that song? your arrow flow. Yeah. Yeah, that one. That one. I love that song. Yeah. Okay. Cupid, I do love that song too. Hear my cry. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> when I was little, all we listened to was classic country and music from the 60s and 70s. So I know that song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So usually Cupid is a sort of background character in other people's stories. He's a device used to make pawns of humans and and manipulate people and because he has two types of arrows right he has 
the you're gonna fall in love arrow and then he has a leaden arrow which has like heartbreak and malice and hatred in its tip so that is like a different function of cupid except there is a story called cupid and psyche and that's a story from the metamorphoses by platonicus it's a really problematic story, and I'm not going to really get into it a bunch. It's been adapted okay. a bunch of times, it's been updated many times. And on that note, if I might really quick just come in with my absolutely room temperature take. The gods were described initially by people who needed a way to contextualize the best and worst parts of humanity mm -hmm. and to represent yeah. natural phenomenon, right? To make sense of it all. Dear God, where what is going on, make sense of it all, please. For that reason, I do work with two Greek gods. Mm -hmm. And the feeling that I get, and this is entirely me, this is just my opinion, is that as humanity has evolved and grown, so mm -hmm. have the, this pantheon. Because right. they are oh, so representative I... of the human condition and understanding the human condition. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's like, again, just for me and like my journey, unfair to hold what was taken down by people mostly men who had a certain view of the world and hold it as gospel thousands of years later mm -hmm. i have a difficult time with that and the way i work with my deities especially the greek ones is is a much more i like to think up-to-date nuanced the real actual kernel of intent rather than the full set of baggage <laughs> That comes with it. I like that. I like that. And I forgot, of course, I work with Hecate yeah. and I never think of her as Greek ever. And she is. Yeah. I mean, she hangs out. I mean, she's the whole reason Demeter found Persephone. Yeah. So, yes. So I work with three. Uh, yeah. And I'm tempted by Dionysus. <laughs> I work with Dionysus. They're a blast. And I work with a goddess who is analogous to Persephone, but from a different belief system. Do you mind? Do you mind saying her name? Her name is Atasiana. She is a Lusitanian and Celtic, and I don't mean Celtic like Irish Celtic. I mean like mm -hmm. the Celts, like the Iceni and Lusitanian Peninsula goddess, who is pretty. She's pretty parallel to Persephone. A lot of the similar myths and things, but this story of Cupid is troubling. Like it's mm -hmm. a rough read wow. it has it has a lot to do with trust and like manipulation and it has to do with the breaking of boundaries and and, and it, it's just it's it's a hard one and mm -hmm. depending on the telling of it it has a happy ending where it really doesn't and ostensibly the the broad strokes of the story is that it's about love trust and overcoming obstacles to end up with your true love and I can certainly see in a middle school, I don't understand what relationships are supposed to look like. So I believe these really harmful things about what a boyfriend's supposed to be yeah. kind of way that sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's what this story is about. 
<laughs> but with a more discerning, more mature eye, it's, oh, Boise, that's unhealthy. <laughs> but Cupid falls in love with Psyche, and he's supposed to make her fall in love with someone else. And then he makes her fall in love with him. Or there's some steps in between, but basically he comes to her at night after they're married in the dark and won't let her see him. Mm. And then it's painted as though she breaks his trust because she sneaks a peek because she wants to see who the person is that she's fallen in love with. And it's like a whole thing. And it's anyway, it's a whole thing. (laughs) It's a whole thing. But that's the story that he is a main character in. Mm -hmm. There aren't a lot of then in the myths of Greek and Roman story, Eros or Cupid was this sort of lithe, beguiling, handsome young man with, you know, a bow and arrow and wings and he could zip super fast and and make people fall in love with each other or not, opposite, you know. Mm. But Christianity, he they sort of like in their iconography in the great Christian sort of monotheism wash that took place they adapted the cupid into a youthful sort of angel child which is a representation of earthly love and in antiquity has been sort of seen as a cautionary tale of the soul falling to desire where the soul is represented by psyche in the story and desire is represented by cupid Mm -hmm. so of course they turned it into a modesty play about how if you fall to your base desires, your soul is damned to hell forever or whatever the hell. Yeah, but yeah. It's a whole thing. <laughs> it's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. But the arrows that he carries come in different varieties, but they generally seem to represent the anguish of love. Mm-hmm. And that means if it's requited or not. Because, like, there's nothing, there's nothing quite the same as being desperately in love with somebody who doesn't love you back and then there is nothing more or there's nothing quite like the feeling of being mutually very deeply in love and that sort of there's like a there's like a pain in it no matter what because there's like that it's like just deep and achy psychologists have had a absolute field day with cupid especially in regard to psyche throughout history Mm. and we can't possibly get into all of that here because Mm. it's a rabbit hole Mm. and if you want to be fascinated and also fucking furious i encourage you to do that he's changed shape through time from like i said a slim sort of handsome youth to a chubby little baby this is due to a lot of factors mainly christianity yeah that's what i have for the library and then i have some fun stuff we could talk about on how to play around with him on your altar and stuff love it the modifier i love that yeah okay yeah let us head out to the bonfire then Mm. okay here we are you go first okay i want to hear all about effort okay i i struggled a little bit with her and i like her don't get me wrong. I'm going to talk when we get to it a little bit about self-love and taking care of yourself and all that good jazz. But let's let's go to the categories that I talked about. And if you want to go back and forth, just holler and let me know if you get tired of hearing me talk. <laughs> so no, please. <laughs> sexuality and pleasure is something that you can bring to your witchcraft. And we're going to be talking about that a little bit, I think, coming up because of Beltane and how important... To some people, sex is to the human experience. But 
even if it's not sex, she was also about all things pleasure. And she was about this without shame. Zeus and those tried to shame her. And by the way, I agree with Corey about taking the essence. The stories just really freaking piss me off. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not like Zeus you know? is such a catch. No. and, and In the stories? Yeah. What a And I'm not, having worked with Odin now for a little while, and I was terrified of doing, well, and a little bit resistant, as you all know, if you listen. And I think you're absolutely right, Corey. And we talked about it a little bit on the Medusa episode. The fact that the reason we get different stories at different times is because of what's going on in the world at that time. I think that's really important. You took a leap from Zeus to Odin, and that made me think of a funny thing I saw. This is not meant to be disparaging. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was funny. (laughs) Somebody said in a meme (laughs) that I saw that the Christian God is just a weak sauce fanfic of Zeus. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. That's kind and of awesome. And cited, cited a bunch of reasons that they're like the same guy. And I lost my mind laughing. Obviously, it was a meme, but you yeah. me think of it and I thought that it was funny. Yeah. And if you're a monotheist rad, I love that for you. It was really funny though. That's good. Yeah. That's a good one. Good one. Good one. They scored. Not gonna lie. Yeah, so self-love, self-pleasure, no shame. That's what I was going to say I feel is modern. But even back then, she was doing it without shame. When she got caught, she ran to Cyprus because she was like, fuck you all, you're assholes, and I'm going to go hang out in my happy place. Her body is described over the ages, actually, as really soft and not this hardcore workout Donis, no you know, jokes into since she is his mother. If you look at the paintings and the sculptures of her, she's soft. She has this soft, voluptuous belly and oftentimes... Double hips. Yeah, and smaller breasts and some and more voluptuous in others, but never uh, voluptuous in the way that uh, we think of stuff today. And this is the energy that the Greeks and even the Romans brought to her and Venus and they appreciated and loved. And she was, you know, other than Helen, who was mortal. But as far as goddesses go, she was the most desired and loved and she loved her body. There are uh, myths that talk about that. So that's something that that self-appreciation of your physical shell and giving it pleasure, whether it be with baths and oils or sleep or comfy clothes overalls or big sweaters going swimming pleasure your body you can do that in so many different ways and you can do it with a lover or two or an instrument that pleasures you at home there's no shame in any of that pleasure yourself and as as we know, Corey likes to say, and I have to second this, have an orgasm about it. Have an orgasm yeah. about it. Yeah, orgasms are freaking powerful, you all. And that's another way you can honor her is with sacred sex. That's one of the offerings is having sacred sex and offering that to her. So fertility. Many seek Aphrodite for fertility rights, especially if they're having problems conceiving. I have heard stories. I have heard stories about people going to her And then being able to get pregnant. I think that's really exciting for people. I've heard it from LGBTQ 
who've tried over and over again and they did a last ditch effort because it's expensive if you're getting a donor and yeah. or if you're I have a lot of friends who've done IVF and it's expensive. Yeah, it's really expensive. There's that. Love. She is the goddess of love. And if you're working a love spell, she's the goddess. She rules. She loves, loves, loves. Her energy is all about love. Platonic love, self-love, sexual love, all all the love. It's all about her. Love for the planet. She's just awesome. You want love? You go to her. Her symbols are doves, pomegranates, swans, and uh, myrtle, which is an evergreen shrub. It's really kind of glossy. It has white flowers and sometimes some purple black oval berries. I'm wondering if it's part of the nightshade family, but I did not research that and find that out. There is some lore that supports roses, and it is definitely roses are the modern day offering for her. She's known for death. Because, yeah, in some myths, as I said, she makes Hades fall in love with Persephone and then provides the fruit to trick Persephone into staying. Water, she was, which makes total sense that people consider her a water goddess and they go to the sea and they offer things from the sea. And I think she slept with Poseidon as well. She slept with a lot of people. She really, really got around in a, in my opinion, a very positive way. Get after it. Yeah. She was happy. And she lived for a very long time. And from what I can tell, everybody she was fucking Mm -hmm. knew they were. Oh. Unlike someone I can mention, Zeus. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. They did. Even Ares, who they really loved each other, but they had a very open relationship. I think the only person she didn't sleep with was her husband. I mean, think about it, Mm -hmm. though. Think about it. Yeah. You're an eternal being. Yeah. And the other people at your level, like your peers, mm-hmm. there are 11 of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> I, I, you know, what? if I was living for eternity, if I was immortal, I think sleeping with a lot of people would be really fun. You know? What is it? What is it that... Matt Berry says in What We Do in the Shadows, oh, I became a vampire to drink blood and fuck forever. I have to say, if you enjoy fucking, living forever to do that would be really fun. Probably be a wide world of, you know, opportunities. Because you could have so many different experiences and different types of sexual love. I'm just, uh, you know, yes, 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 yes. That is feeling fascinated by this right now. I can tell. I really am. Some of the offerings, seashells, roses, white feathers, myrtle, uh, sea Mm -hmm. water, things from the sea, pomegranates, sacred sex in her honor, as I mentioned. Sex magic, I think, is really powerful. And sex magic doesn't always have to be with somebody else. And we've talked about that before. Alone or with others, I then wrote. The power of an orgasm. Self-love. Unabashed pride, you all. If you need some confidence and some pride in yourself, I have to say, I might turn to Aphrodite. No shame. Shedding shame from your life. I feel like I want to go to Aphrodite. It's one of the reasons I work with Dionysus. Yeah. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Because he deals with that as well. Yeah. Lack of self-consciousness. Yeah. There's a lot of cool stuff about Dionysus. That's awesome. We should do an episode about him. We should do an episode about him. That would be great. Figs, 
olives. Her island is Cyprus. And this is the place that she, this was her happy place. I think I mentioned that. Gold is often considered her metal. But I have to say anything that makes you feel luscious. Mm-hmm. Rose quartz. I think another way to honor her is finding romance. And not just like romance with life. Loving life. The birds out side and the ground that you're walking up just making things romantic for yourself baths with roses or rose water rose essential oil and I I made up an oil that I've made for her as an offering and I can share that recipe a little bit later Amazing. Yeah. And what do you I, have? Well I wanna I do want to mention one of my favorite yeah. stories about Aphrodite and I mention it because uh I think it's important to just like with a tarot card think about the reverse oh yeah oh yeah and I think I know where you're going (laughs) one of my favorite stories of Aphrodite is when some woman had the audacity to agree when someone said they were prettier than Aphrodite and Aphrodite Mm. (laughs) promptly set to fucking up that woman's life forever yeah know she's also someone you might think about if you're like am i being really prideful but not in the good like healthy way right yeah yeah because pride is good i take a lot of pride in a lot of things that i do but you know i love that about you i don't try to be a dick about it (laughs) no there's no reason to be a dick about it you know and (sighs) and i think it was somebody else who said it not her right or was it her Anyway, I can't, it depends on the story. They got all boastful and she got punished for it big time. Yeah. yeah. It depends on the story that you're reading. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cupid. Yeah, Cupid. Pull so back your Cupid, bow. <laughs> he would be right at home on your altar with Aphrodite or Venus or mm. Dionysus. Um, he'd be right at home. Mm. I think that he's a little bit more like focused out rather than in so if you're trying to attract love that is that is a person i would go to Mm. rather than like focusing it just like loving yourself and and being love if you're trying to attract it to you um cupid's gonna be your guy um also roses gold and silver because we're not playing with lead kids we're not playing with lead. You Walk can replace away. that with iron or silver. Cupid is associated with a lot of animals, like a lot of creatures. Aww. The hare, the horse, um, dolphins in some stories, which is wild. Uh, I think that's really strange. Yeah, I saw dolphin um, for Aphrodite as well. Yeah. Well, that makes a little more sense yeah. for her, I feel like, because she popped out of the big sea. Yeah, but, she did. Yeah. Um, he's also depicted with the flute or the lyre, mm. which is a stringed instrument, like a little, if you've seen The Road to El Dorado, it's what Miguel plays, is the lyre. The bow and arrow, obviously. Mm-hmm. I've also seen roosters and torches. And wow. I imagine the torch might be a later addition in a sort of like carrying a torch for someone oh. kind of way. And that roosters is just really a hilarious little euphemism for cock. Based on what I've read, you know, I'm not. I like a, it. I like it. I'm not a classics historian, so I can't quote that or, yeah. or really, you know. Yeah. But he is mostly focused on romantic love. So if you're Arrow or Arrow Ace and you're not interested in romantic love, mm-hmm. you don't have to fuck around with Cupid. Yeah, not your guy. Like, don't worry. Don't worry about it. But if you're like 
if romantic love is a thing that you are seeking or seeking to enrich, or if you are trying to get out of something that you no longer find filling or healthy. Really? That's what those that's what those lead and arrow tips were for was to get someone to be repelled and to flee. Wow. If you're talking romantic love, Cupid's your guy. I think also depending on how deep you want to read into Cupid and Psyche, there's also an element of working with Cupid if you're working on like issues around boundaries and trust. I love this, Corey. I never would have thought of that. Yeah, as long as you're doing that in like a mindful way, because what we don't want is what happened in the original stories, which was just an absolute shit show. We want healthy boundaries and we want people, when we attract a romantic love, we want that person to respect and honor our boundaries. And we want to ensure that we are respecting and honoring their boundaries. Like it is a two-way street. You can't ask for total trust and then not give it. And you can't ask for total respect and not give it. That's what Cupid is all about. I think similar colors and crystals to Aphrodite have what I saw to what Detta said. Rose quartz. I think also crystal, clear crystal quartz. Mm -hmm. I think also smoky quartz would be an excellent if you're working in the get away from me element of Cupid. God, I, I love smoky quartz. It's my favorite oh, stone. Yeah. Uh, it's it. my favorite stone followed by my top three are smoky quartz, labradorite, and blue sunstone. Ooh. The really sparkly guy. Mm -hmm. Really, It's not, I don't think it's a real stone. I'm pretty sure it's a manufactured mm. stone, but I don't care because mm -hmm. it looks like a sparkly night sky and that's my shit. But smoky quartz would be a great stone for Cupid. I think, you know, little figurines of hairs, enjoying some really nice string music, I might encourage you to throw on a little Mumford and Sons. They really rock hard on that banjo. Gosh, enjoy some, mm. enjoy some frolicking, I would say. I saw Steve Martin on television, not in person. His, <laughs> his special with Martin Short and listening to him play the banjo, watching him play the banjo. So lightning freaking fingers. Freaking awesome. Yeah. The banjo is such a cool instrument. Such a great instrument. So yeah. And then I also would say... In a similar way to Aphrodite and to Dionysus, I think that there have been movements throughout history that have tried to make the kind of love Cupid represents shameful. Yeah. And I think that it's from important to remember that as long as it is not harming anyone, love is never, ever shameful, ever. It is never shameful to love. It is never bad. As long as everyone is safe. Sane. And consenting my kinksters out there you know what that's about that's what i have for cupid yeah. i have to agree yeah. with you completely on what you just said yes safe sane and consenting yeah. baby yeah just amazing well yeah. cool do you want to send some sparks up? i do i do i'm okay. really excited about it let's head up can i go first this time yes I'm, you sound very excited i am very excited it's called love struck now I have prints like a royal prince um, or prints like shot like paintings like paintings prints Prince. Oh, okay love struck they're in Montreal Quebec Quebec I have just ordered from them for the first time because I was looking for something for Valentine's Day and 
you go on their Etsy shop and there are all these cats and the an earring heteronormativity is a cult. Uh, all cats are beautiful. There's some lesbian art. It's all bright and pink and purple. There's like, and, I, and I'm not really into pins, but I think I need to become into pins because there's there are these purple and pink what look like Oreos that have a bite taken out of them that say homo on them. I, I just can't, <laughs> I can't describe them. I can't, I'm not doing them justice. They have bibs for cats. No, I don't know if they're for cats. They're bibs. There's just so much stuff and it's just so cute and it's LGBTQ and it's owned by LGBTQ and it, it's just adorable and I really am excited even though they're in Canada, so they're very far away, so I have to do the international thing. But I am, I'm smitten. I'm smitten as a kitten, y'all. It's beautiful. Anyway. I love that. Yeah, thank you. That's awesome. It's fun. I have a shop slash website slash blog that I want to tell everyone about. It's called Hoodoo Hussy, and it is a Black-owned enterprise and it's uh, the full title of the website is, or the full title that it says on the website is Hoodoo Hussy Conjure Enterprises. And they sell, um, I was looking for some oils and they sell these beautiful oils. Um, they have a really nice little blog. They've got, they've got bells and they've got bath like teas mm. they've got smoke blends and sprays and just all kinds of amazing stuff i was drawn to it because of the the road opening oil i was interested in what that meant so i was looking into that and it's beautiful stuff reasonably priced and you know i think that if you want to maybe check in on that or if you do if you're a practitioner of hoodoo this is going to be a good place for you to go as well. Ancestral wisdom carried across waters to the Mississippi Delta and this beautiful, beautiful woman. Is this the right one? Oh, I, yes. Who do African American? Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is gorgeous. Yeah, they're they are an amazing little like hidden gem. Yeah. I didn't really know about and I'm excited about. Yeah. Hey, speaking of oils, yes. this was the oil that I made up for Aphrodite, if you all are interested in it. I'm interested. Two ounces of olive oil, five drops of rose essential oil, three grains of large sea salt, and three drops of cypress oil. Mm -hmm. So that... Is this a bath oil, a topical oil? It's What's a it's a topical oil. I would it's like a it's something that I'm gonna put on my wrists mm. and see how I do. Cypress, be careful because some people react not so great to the pines and the cypresses. I don't know if I'd do it as a bath either because of, you know, all my private parts, the cypress Fair. might might get in. But you could take the cypress out and it'd make a great bath oil. Mm -hmm. A really, some really people, nice one. <laughs> If you've ever accidentally touched pitch on a tree and it mm. made you itchy, mm -hmm. you probably are allergic to cypress mm -hmm. mm -hmm. <laughs> and you mm -hmm. shouldn't put it on your body. Yeah. Yeah. No. I was trying to go for an evergreen and then, of course, cypress is, even though it's spelled different, the island. And I was like, oh, I'm going to try this. And I had it in my apothecary. So I was very excited. 
And I, I always that. have rose. I have rose hydrosol, rose. I love rose. Rose and lavender. I know I'm really basic, but. I'm almost out of rose oil. I use oh, it for a lot of stuff. Yeah. I'm that basic witch. <laughs> because rose oil is great. And it's good yeah. for a lot of stuff. It is good for a lot of stuff. I use rose water as toner every day, I, twice a day. So do I. And I use rose oil on my little. It's helping my relation a little bit. I mean, oh. not that that's medical advice, y'all. That is not medical advice. I think it's helping my Roatia. Cool. Um, that was it. Cool. I had fun with this. We haven't yeah. done a Deity episode in a while. No, we haven't. We haven't. So this was great. And I didn't, I didn't, I don't know Aphrodite as anything but a textbook kind of thing. So this was nice to address her in a much different way. So More thank nuanced. you. nuanced. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Oh. All right. Y'all, until next time. Be well. Act with intention. And don't forget, you are magic. Thank you so much for listening. Please, if you are so inclined, follow us on our socials, which is Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Bonfire Babble Podcast. You can also follow us or join us on Patreon at Bonfire Babble Witches on Patreon and our website at bonfirebabble.com. You can also join our community on Discord by clicking the link in our link tree. If you're into snail mail, you can send us that at P.O. Box 16341, Seattle, Washington, 98116. And if you want to do that electronic thing, we're at bonfirebabblepodcast at gmail.com. Please also, if you have a moment, leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. It helps us out. It also helps other people find us. Yeah, and if you do it on Apple where you can actually write something, we will shout you out your name. Thank you again for listening. Bonfire Babble Podcast recognizes that we live and record on the traditional lands of the Duwamish tribe. We honor their past and present stewardship of the beautiful land and the life-giving energy they provide. To learn more about the tribe, go to realrentduwamish.org.